Thank you for joining us today. For more information about our service times, visit okoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at okoegt. Now let's prepare our hearts as we go into the message. Hey, I'm ready for the word, so take your Bible out, whether in book form or digital form, and hold it high in the air. And I want you to say this after me. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I am what it says I am. I will do what it says for me to do. I place myself under the authority of God's word. It says I am blessed, therefore I am blessed. It says I am an overcomer. Therefore, I overcome every obstacle, every challenge, and every hindrance through the name above every name, Jesus Christ. I open my heart and I open my mind to receive God's word. I receive this word and I confess this word in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to embark on a a two-week sermon series this week and next week. Guys, what's coming up in just a few days? February the 14th, Valentine's Day. Thank you, David. Valentine's Day. Men, don't forget Valentine's Day. But you know, this time of the year, it's always good to talk about relationships, talk about marriage, and talk about biblical healthy marriage. You say, well, well, pastor, I'm not married. Take notes. You say, well, pastor, I'm too young to be married. Take notes. Well, pastor, I've been married and now I'm not. Take notes. God, these are principles that can apply, yes, to marriage, but also other aspects of our life. You may be sitting here, well, I want to be married. Hold on. It's coming. Can you say amen? Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And this is a profound passage of scripture. Many have used it out of context. They've used it as a source of abuse, and they've used it as a source of manipulation. But if we rightly divide the word of God, we'll see that there is healthiness And this is truth. And as we apply this truth to our life, we will be better for it. Can you say amen? Amen. Verse 21 of Ephesians 5, it says, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So that sets the context. Submit to one another. Somehow, a lot of people miss that verse, and they just go right into the next verse. Come on, ladies, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to talk to somebody today. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, poke him in the shoulder right there in the ribs. Husbands. This means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Love 
your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she'll be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. Verse 30, for, and, and, and we are members of his body. And as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now, this is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I believe this passage provides us with the fundamental principles for building and maintaining a strong healthy marriage. So let's get right into the sermon. You received your notes when you came in. I want you to write this point number one, mutual submission. Now verse 21 sets the tone for, for our discussion. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now first things first, you got to understand the context of Paul's writing. This whole section of scripture has to be read and understood from the context of, write this, one another and reverence for Christ. Submission one to another and out of reverence or fear for Christ, out of your relationship with Christ. So the whole context is out of relationship of Christ. This is where mutual submission comes from. Now, submission is not about one partner dominating the other, but about mutual respect. It's about love. Now, write this word, and it's about consideration. It's important, men, that we are considerate in all things. Ladies, that we are considerate in all things, that we consider one another. It's about putting your spouse's needs before your, your own. It's not about getting your wants and getting your lights and demanding your wants and your lights. It's about putting the need of your spouse before your own. I was reading an article uh, from Focus on the Family, and the, the author of this article write this, and, it, and it's in context to this passage. Submission and obedience are not the same. Let me give you the, 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 the quote. Submission and obedience are not the same. We need a full picture of marriage. And that means understanding how Christ loves his church. So you can't talk about submission without talking about how Christ loves his church. You can't, you can't talk about even mutual submission without talking about God's, and God's love for you and Christ's love for the church. Submission points to a spiritual significance of marriage. There is a spiritual significance to our marriage. Now, we find diversity within unity in both the three-in-one bond of the Trinity, 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in the one flesh union between a husband and wife, the two shall become one. Think about this. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are fully equal in the sense that all three are God. At the same time, there's a certain hierarchy in their unity. Let me show you through scripture, John 5, 18. Jesus clearly spoke of himself as being equal with God, God the Father. And then in John 14, 28, he said, the Father who is greater than I am. The apostle Paul also compares marriage to the connection between Christ and the church. So the relationship isn't a matter of, 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 of master and servant. It's of lover and beloved. It's not, it's not from the greater to the lesser, but it's from, uh, it, it is from the lover to the beloved. It is that mutual submission one to the other. And this is what Paul has in mind when he says a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He's the savior of his body, the church. As I was studying and, and, and going through this passage, I, I came across a note in one of my Bibles. And I don't know when this note was written, but I wrote this. The head does not mean to be demanding or abusive or controlling. It means to lead. It means to guide. It means to go before it means to lead to guide to go before leadership doesn't give a husband the right to rob his wife of being a unique individual and he should never misuse leadership to get his own way it's not biblical it's not healthy and it's not what god intended for our marriages to be in the article, or a article, Developing Shared Spiritual Intimacy, the author writes this. The union represented in marriage may be one of the greatest miracles in all of creation. But it's also something more. For in addition to everything else, marriage means for a man and a woman, it has a deep spiritual significance, an eternal and even cosmic significance. At the highest level, it functions as an unparalleled working image of the seeking and saving love of our creator and savior. The love that compels him to unite himself to his people in a mystical bond and eternal fellowship. The church is called the bride of Christ. Christ pursued a relationship with you. Marriage is symbolic. It represents, it represents that relationship that we have. God elevates marriage. That's why the enemy attacks so hard against your relationships. That's why he fights so hard against your marriage. That's why he's trying his best to, to keep you in conflict with the one you love the most. Because the enemy knows if you two can become one as God intended, then there's nothing that will be impossible for you yeah. to accomplish. Yeah. That God can accomplish great things through your life and through your relationship. Now, understand women and men have equal worth. Now, 
That word submission, when I read that word, it evoked something in you. And for some of you, it evoked a, uh, I can't believe I showed up on the day he's going to talk about submission. <laughs> can't believe I came to church. I ain't been in so long. Now I show up and he's talking about marriage. Submission. Submission can be a hot-button term because of how it's perceived in contemporary culture. The implication in contemporary culture is that women are inferior to men, but it cannot be further from the truth. Paul wrote in Ephesians 5, and it was written to encourage unity in marriage. And with that in mind, Paul's instructions uh, to wives can't be separated from his teaching to men and his overarching advice in both areas. Let me read this. Listen, he says, wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord, verse 22. Verse 25, husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church, gave up his life for her. Verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And the truth of the matter is, if you read the word of God objectively and led by the Holy Spirit, the New Testament is very affirming of women, shockingly so when viewed in its social and historical context of the first century. In one instance, Jesus talks openly with a Samaritan woman in John 4, something that never would have happened in Jewish culture. Jewish men were not allowed to talk with the opposite sex by themselves, especially a Samaritan. But you see, Jesus said, I must needs go through. I have to go through Samaria. The disciples objected. We don't do that. You can't do that. Jesus said, no. And the, and, and the original language there, he felt compelled. There was something we know was the Holy Spirit. Because when he got to Jacob's well, there was one who was broken by life. There was one who was ready, ready to understand her destiny. But her life was broken and Jesus brought healing to her. Another case, Paul describes the standing of Christian believers, men and women, before God and stresses that we are, in Galatians 3.28, we're all one in Christ Jesus. So scriptures testify to the equality of husband and wife in terms of personhood and value in the sight of God. Now remember, we're talking about how to develop and cultivate Healthy marriages, lives that are full of joy and peace, also that glorify God. So what's involved in healthy relationships? Mutual submission, not one dominating the other, but it's really an understanding, growing together. And the second is this, love and respect. Husbands and ladies, don't let your husband miss this. Husbands, write this, love like Christ. Love like Christ loved the church. He gave up his life. He sacrificed his life. He laid his life down for the church. This is the, a sacrificial love, and, and, and this is the love that God calls us as men to love our families with, a love that is 
sacrificing, a love that is, that is denying self for the good of those loved. I promise you, men, as we love our families like this, we love our wives like this, I promise you God will help, help bring peace to conflict. He'll help heal, heal the past, heal the bad memories, and he'll help us forge something wonderful and good in his name. Right. Wives, write this, respect. Wives are instructed to respect their husband. Love and respect are the cornerstones of a healthy marriage relationship. Now, the truth of the matter is respect involves love. Love for the wives toward their husbands. And for husbands, love involves respect towards their wives. You can't have one without the other. Which brings us to this truth. We got to learn to value one another. Now, notice in your own life, when you value something, you cherish something. When you value something, you take care of something. When you value something, you protect it. When you value something, you're going to make sure it is in a safe safe place. Respect is the way a person treats something he or she values. If something is highly valued, a person will treat it with honor and with dignity. So I think an appropriate question is, is how much do I value my spouse? Now, what we have to understand is this. Men and women feel respected in different ways. And sometimes we're talking our language when our wives are talking a different language. There's what I call that maleness, that male language, and then there's that lady. Ladies, you've got a language all by yourself. And sometimes, guys, we got to learn how to speak that because, because we feel respect and we look at respect differently from different lens. Typically, a man feels valuable, respected when he's able to figure something out and accomplish a goal or objective. Other words, fix a problem. We feel, we feel valued when, when we come into a problem and there's a situation and we fix it. We're like, yeah, <laughs> I fixed it. Look at me. A woman feels value when she has someone who will listen to her and to whom she can talk and be understood. And we're trying to fix it, and she wants to talk about it. I've shared this illustration before during family month, but I think it's appropriate again. You know, my, my wife is, is uh, educated. My wife has a great job. She's a principal in Orange County. She's a leader all by herself. I mean, has a lot of employees that work underneath her. You know, she comes home, and, and this is several years ago. She comes home, and she's telling me her problems. Well, you know, here, I'm pastor. I'm making decisions all the time. You know, I got to look at the budget. I got to look at this. And you got to make decisions quick. And she's telling me, and I'm like, okay, well, you got to do this. You got to do this. And you got to do this. I'm laying it out. So she's coming back, bringing the same problems. And after about a week of this, I'm like, listen, I done told you what to do. If you ain't going to do it, <laughs> quit talking to me about it. Quit telling me about it. And after I picked myself up off the floor, <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> she swung, I ducked. 
She said this, and there was a light bulb that went off. She says, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen. I just need you to hear me. Now, how I feel valued is fixing something because I want her to come back and I want her to report to me and say, hey, I follow exactly what you said. And guess what? (laughs) It worked. And I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) But how she feels respected and valued is when I give her my ear without judgment, I give her my ear without trying to fix it, and I give her my ear to let her know I love her. I value her. Now, with all that said, sometimes, ladies, you got to let us just fix it. And then men, sometimes, we got to quit trying to fix it, and we just got to listen, be present. Understand, we all need value. We see respect differently. And if we'll begin to respect one another, you'll realize your love will grow stronger, richer, and fuller. What does it take? It takes mutual submission. It takes love and respect. And then Paul talks about this unity. Talks about this idea of us being One, look at verse 30. We are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now, what gives this even more power, even more authority is that that Jesus quoted some of these same verses in one of his teachings, Matthews 19, verse four. Jesus said, haven't you heard the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. Somebody say amen. Amen. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Since there are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. See, becoming one in marriage is a lifelong process of growing together in love, growing together in respect, and growing together in mutual submission, reflecting God's profound mystery of unity in diversity. In church, there is strength and there is even beauty to be found in the spiritual concept of unity in diversity. I think there's a principle here that I want to quickly go through. Write the word leave. Notice what Jesus says, or notice what Paul also writes. A man leaves his father and mother. He leaves to leave one to start another. Not leaving in the sense of abandoning, but leaving in the sense of to build a new family with one's wife, a new generation, new That's what it's about. When a person leaves their original family to start a new one with their spouse, they're not severing ties or or discarding their past. Instead, they are embarking on a new journey, one that involves building a unique entity, a new family that will continue the legacy of the previous generations while forging its own path. 
Now, what, what I'm learning on this side of parenthood, my kids are all grown. My kids are now married. My kids are now have kids of their own. And it's a wonderful process to watch your kids, my sons, leave and then join to their wife and create their family. I don't feel disrespected because they leave mom and dad. I feel proud. I feel honored because they're creating their own new family, their new traditions, their new relationships. And I'm watching them parent their kids. I see some semblances. I see some things that I instilled in them. But I also watch as they're learning new things and implementing new things. And that's what leaving is all about. It's not dishonoring me. It's not dishonoring the parents. It's actually bringing honor to us because they are leaving. The challenge is, is some have never left. I ain't talking physically either. Because sometimes you need the help of the family. You go through. We're walking in tough times economically. Sometimes you need the help of family to get through some things. I'm talking about leaving spiritual, leaving, letting go. Now, I find this interesting that it says the man shall leave his mom, his father, and mother. It don't say the woman, but it says the man. So there's some significance here that you and I are leading, paving the way, and realizing that we're establishing something new. Honoring the past, but celebrating what God is doing today and what he's going to do tomorrow. And guess what, young people, with young kids, you're raising your kids that one day they too will leave. It's okay. God intended it to be this way. Now write the word joined. A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And two are united into one. Now let me clarify something here. Oneness in marriage does not mean one person losing his or her personality in the personality of the other. That's called codependency. That's unhealthy. But two individuals become one spiritually. You become one uh, and you realize that you're working together to accomplish that which God has laid out before you. Did you know that together you can accomplish more than you can all by yourself? But now there is a new identity. Now there is a new family established. And together you are one to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. And this joining takes effort. It takes intentionality. And it takes patience. In 35 and a half years of marriage, there's been a whole lot of mistakes. There's also been a whole lot of good things. It's been working through the tough moments and God transforming us and changing us. And I can tell you on this side, it's wonderful. It's good. Even when there's been failure on our end, God takes those broken pieces 
And if we surrender to him, he puts those things back together. That's the power of the gospel of Christ. Our mistakes don't have to define us. And maybe, maybe you find yourself in relationships that are not healthy right now. Maybe, maybe you're married and, and things are not ideal. Surrender everything to the Lord. There's hope in Christ Jesus. Maybe, maybe you realize, man, we've done some stuff. Oh, hey, you're still here. You're still standing. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep showing up. Keep surrendering. And maybe you come out of a broken situation. Maybe somebody walked out of your life. Maybe you tried to do everything right, and no matter how hard you tried, it still didn't work. Understand, God's mercies are new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. Take notes because God will do something new again. Get ready. I want to read this passage out of the message translation. The message translation is a, is a paraphrase, and it, and, it, and it brings it in our everyday vernacular to, in order for us to kind of grasp and lay hold and understand things just a little, bit, a little bit better. Listen to the message translation. Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ, as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, Go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love by, marked by giving, not getting. If we stopped right there, it would be enough. A love that is marked by giving and not getting. How often do we spin our wheels trying to get, trying to get. What if we spent our time loving to give? Something supernatural begins to happen. Something powerful begins to happen. This principle begins to take place and the Holy Spirit begins to give us what we really need. Because we're no longer practicing getting, we're practicing loving. Church, this challenged me. Because so often our love can be self-centered. Our love can be, I'll love you with what you can give to me. Instead of loving to give. Even when the person doesn't have the ability to give back. This type of generosity God honors. This type of generosity God blesses. This type of love is favored by God. And I promise you, you will not lose out because the Holy Spirit will cause you to begin to receive the things you've always 
longed for. Suddenly you wake up and you realize, look what God has done in my marriage. Look what God has done in my family. Look what God has done in my life. Can you say amen? Will you stand with me? Will you bow your heads in prayer just for a moment? Father God, we come to you. Lord, this time on the calendar when we're getting ready for Valentine's Day, love, celebrating relationships. God, I felt impressed by the Holy Spirit months ago to preach and teach on this topic. And Lord, this was laid out months ago and you brought people here today specifically, I believe, to hear this message. Now, Lord, when we talk about family, we talk about marriage, we talk about relationships, God, that can be loaded with a whole lot of baggage. And Lord, right now, there are, there are many of us that are carrying baggage from past relationships, baggage from past hurts, baggage from being wronged, baggage because of just living in a fallen world. And Father, some people right now feel heavy because they're carrying a lot of baggage. I pray, Holy Spirit, that baggage will begin to dissipate. That baggage will begin to leave. Jesus said, come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. If you're here right now and you feel like, Pastor, when you talk about relationships, you talk about marriage, man, I got some baggage. Every head is bowed, eyes are closed. You're here and say, Pastor, I need God to take my baggage. Let me see your hand right now. Yes, yes, I see those hands. Yes, 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 I see those hands. Holy Spirit's working. Holy Spirit's moving. Holy Spirit's talking. Holy Spirit, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There is therefore now no condemnation. Receive God's goodness. Receive God's freedom. Receive the freedom that you have in Christ Jesus. You're here today and say, Pastor, I want the Lord to strengthen my marriage. I want God to work in my relationships. I want God to help me right now. Just lift your hand toward heaven and just say, Lord, help me, help me. Maybe you're not in marriage right now. Maybe you're not in a situation, a relationship, but you realize in your future that that might be a part and you want God to be first. You want God to be foremost. Just lift your hand right now. God's going to work. God's going to move. Now GT worship is going to lead us. And as GT worships us, let's just worship the Lord for a few moments. Invite the Holy Spirit in to touch.